Welcome to the Melanin Forum, a safe place where we address social, political, and religious issues affecting the minority community. A safe place where we create community and connection while also being educational and informative. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Forum. I'm your host, Alex, and we're going to get straight into today's episode. So would you believe me if I told you I've been trying to record an episode for a week and then all hell breaks loose? You know, first there was Amy Cooper calling the cops on a black man, Christian Cooper, who simply wanted her to follow the rules like everybody else. Put your dog on a leash. But because she's a white woman, she can't even fathom the idea that anyone black would tell her what to do. So she calls the cops and in this phone call, she's making this black man seem as if he's really threatening her when in actuality, nothing has happened to this white woman. And yet she says she's not a racist, but somehow she understands the power that she has as a white woman in America when she calls the cops on a black person. Then, George Floyd dies after a police officer kneels on his neck for eight minutes while he's screaming that he can't breathe. And this is after we've already been dealing with Ahmaud Arbery. Then, riots and protests have broken out in major cities across the U.S. because Black America is tired and we are exhausted we are tired of the hashtags we're tired of having to be told to be peaceful but yet no change is happening and somehow even when we are peaceful our voices are not being heard so what i'm tired of is seeing on social media about you know why can't black people protest in a more peaceful manner. And, you know, they'll throw up the picture of Martin Luther King protesting as they're getting ready to head over the bridge in Selma. But what they don't want to also share is that even when they were being peaceful, they were still met with violence. Can we please share the the photos of the black people who are peacefully protesting, being met with violence, with the guns, with the dogs, with being sprayed with water holes, just being beaten for being peaceful and trying to bring change. So, yeah, don't don't try to tell me to be peaceful when in being peaceful, somehow we're still met with violence and we're still met with aggression for simply wanting to be heard and to be seen. Now, why I don't agree with the looting or inciting the violence, because none of that ultimately helps get justice, I can understand why someone would be that angry enough to do something like that. Because, again, you're getting told to be peaceful, but even in being peaceful, We're being met with violence and aggression. And so you back us into a corner. It's like when you, how can we not then respond with aggression 
when this has been happening repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. I can understand how it happens and I empathize with those people, especially if these are people who have directly seen these things happen or people who have directly had these things happen to them by their family members, their friends who have, you know, been victims of police brutality. Some have lived to tell and some have not. So in that case, I can understand. I may not support it, but to empathize with that much anger, I get it. And so I feel like we're living in the 60s all over again. And because the current president seems to be racist, number one, others feel that their racist actions are okay, that they have this green light to be openly and blatantly racist. And when your president tweets things, like when the looting starts, the shooting starts... What do you do with that? And may I add that it wasn't just black people who were looting and destroying things. And I'm trying to figure out why when, you know, are these white people or these people who aren't black that are also taking part in this looting and and violence, you know, we, we label them as, you know, opportunistic thieves, um, but the black person who's doing the exact same thing is only labeled as a thug. Have we not seen enough? Like, have we not had enough of this? Like, I'm beyond exhausted. And I can only imagine that people who are older than us, who are who lived through the civil rights movement and are still alive, and they're seeing this so many years later, like, it's still an issue and why is it that all hell has to break loose for black people to call for justice to be served like how is this the land of the free and the home of the brave when black people are still looked down upon and treated as less than and the quote-unquote brave are getting away with racial injustice Right now, I think it's really sad that not only are black people having to fight the coronavirus, but we're having to fight racism and racial injustices and simply being mistreated because of the color of our skin. Like, we're literally having to defend our blackness every day. Like, We can't just be us and nobody says anything. We're always just defending our blackness of simply just being, which is insane that I have to defend who I am because I'm black and I walk out the house and before I open my mouth, people already have their thoughts of who I am or who I should be. So I would hope, I would really hope that now People will truly understand why Colin Kaepernick took a knee during the national anthem. I hope people really see it for what it is because this fight is nowhere near over. It's still going on. And black people just want to be treated equally. We want it to be afforded the opportunities of of our white counterparts without having to jump through hoops for 
simple respect. So there are very few leaders who are for black people, who are for minority communities. And that's a problem because it's very hard as a black person to gauge who is truly on your side, who can be a real ally without having some underlying motive and who's really on your side when it matters the most, because there are a lot of people who will, a lot of people who are not black, who will support a black person as long as it is convenient for them or as long as it benefits them in some way. But the moment that something like this happens or the real injustice shows itself, those people go silent. And so how do we really know when people are with us? You know, because it's like the people who we thought were with us, they go silent when we need them times like this, because ultimately The sad thing is that in order to end racism, it's going to take more than just black people because it's not just our problem. Like, how do you expect us to live it and defend it? That doesn't make any sense. It's not the the racism is not just the plight of black people. It takes everyone and anyone who sees racism happening and calling it out. Calling it out, regardless if you black, white, Latino, Asian, whatever. If you see it happening on any level, you need to call it out and, and, and challenge that person on what they're doing. You know, we need more people who don't look like us speaking up. Because unfortunately, the people who don't look like us are the ones who have all the power. And what we need to do is those people who have this power to use your influence for change, use your influence for good because they're the ones who are making the laws that have the power that affect how everyday citizens are living. And if you are in power and you have that kind of influence to change laws that benefit people, then use that for some good and say, hey, you know what, I see this law and I don't think it's fair across the board. I see how it kind of slights minorities how can we fix it or how can we make this law so that it is fair that it's equal but often a lot of our government officials are just turning a blind eye and they are forgetting that at the end of the day their job is to advocate for people all people including black people including people of color including minorities but that's not their priority often as we've seen it for many many years that's that's never been their priority because I ultimately believe that if the government and if people really wanted to end racism that it would be this collective effort from the president on down the government down and that they would be actively trying to better implement some things in the communities to help truly start a conversation and make change but that's not what we're seeing we're seeing a lot of people who are just complacent and they just want to sweep it under the rug and they just want to say oh it doesn't affect me so it's not my problem and these are the people who are raising 
Karens. Yeah. Who are, through your silence, you're teaching those around you that it's okay. It's okay that what's happening. And you're saying that, you know, you're complacent, that you don't have the power to change anything, when in all honesty, you do. Because I I think that more white people who are not racist and can understand how a black person feels about racism, I think that they should be having more conversations with their friends, with their circles of, of other white people that look like them and saying, hey, we need to challenge this as a whole because I do have a black friend or a black colleague that I care about and I understand that it's going to take more than just a black community to really make change, that they need allies and people that they can really truly trust to make this happen. And if I have the influence to make a change, to change hearts or or anything to help move the needle forward, then by all means, let's have this conversation and let's try to make this happen. But rarely are these conversations happening. I don't think that they tend to care enough to think that they actually have some buy-in in in ending it. And if they realize that they do, they probably are just complacent because it's what's been thought to be okay for many, many years. So if I might suggest ways that we all can contribute to some sort of change about racism and how black people are viewed or even how just people of color are viewed, I would say that it would first begin with education. Educate yourself, your friends, your families, the generation behind you about the issues that are affecting our community, the black community. And why those issues are important and how it it really, really affects us. Start there. And once you understand the issues that are happening and why they're important and how they're affecting us, develop true community. True allies. People who aren't black, but they're willing to understand the fight and willing to have a genuine buy-in because ultimately it's just about simple respect as a human being because often we are seen as less than not even seen as human beings it's like they see us almost as animals at times even when that isn't even cause for and help bring awareness through having open conversations and being willing to openly talk about racism and inequality and have hopefully you know finding people who are willing to listen and to let our voices be heard in settings whether it's it's work it's community centers it's schools um outreaches volunteer opportunities just speaking up and making awareness whenever you have an opportunity and also to vote and not just for the presidential election but look at your local leaders too and focus on the social issues at hand not just who you like who you don't like but understanding what 
the person's agenda is, what their policies are, and being an educated voter and being a voter with purpose and intention. So I have to say that this episode has been really hard to record because racism is a topic that we may be talking about for the rest of our lives and it's exhausting because I often wonder what can be said that hasn't been said already and how much more peace and justice must we beg for must we fight for before we finally see change because it's like no matter what a black person does to try to get ahead that is never enough no matter how educated we are no matter how rich we are no matter how much of a positive influence we have on our own community no matter how well we present ourselves we always will just be black at the end of the day and it's like no matter what we do to try to show you that we are human and that we deserve respect at the least, none of that matters. And the question is, why am I having to accomplish and achieve all these things just for a matter of simple respect and to be seen and to be heard for who I am and not just because I'm black? It it doesn't matter. Like, being a rich black person or being an affluent black person, that doesn't exempt you from racism. You're still black at the end of the day. You're still less than, no matter what you do or what you try to achieve. And why is that even a thing? Like, why are we having to do these things to prove who we are to white people when those should just be things that we're just doing because we're human and we want to achieve these things for ourselves? And we have goals and we have things we want to accomplish and achieve just as people, not being black, white, or whatever. So I want to continue to definitely pray for the families who have lost their loved ones due to police violence. And this is for families who have gotten attention on the news and the media and also those who haven't because I'm sure there's a lot more that have happened that we haven't heard about and they are just as important and I would like to you know in this episode with saying that black lives do matter and that our lives are valuable just like anyone else and no one should be seen as less than because of the color of their skin it's not okay that we are killed more by police or thrown in jail at higher rates than other races. It's not okay that people somehow see my skin color as a weapon, that they see black people and they're scared before we even open our mouths. And that's a problem. I really hope that this episode does some good to whoever's listening And I hope that black people know that I'm here for us. And this is why I created this podcast for this very reason. To be able to use my platform for good and to be a positive voice in the black community. 
that's why I created the Melanin Forum because it is a safe space to voice these things that are affecting the Black community. So I'm ending this episode by going through a couple of the hashtags of people who have died due to police violence. I know I'm not going to catch them all, but um, to the ones that I am able to call, let's just have a moment of silence for them. George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, Michael Brown, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, Freddie Gray, Tamir Rice, Jordan Davis, Eric Garner, Botham Jean, and Trayvon Martin. <laughs>